Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. Great to see everybody. Zach, you are looking particularly good today. Got the tie on. Wow. <laughs> He's styling today. Woo! Yeah. Well, I'm uh, always, it's always just a tremendous honor and a blessing to be able to share the word with the AZV family and, and uh, these permeating values that we've been working off of. You see our new banners that we have up here and we had one out in the, in the foyer as well. Uh, we want to constantly remind ourselves, all of us, of what these permeating values are. These are the things that permeate everything we do. Uh, we were reminded up in our uh, leaders' advance that that uh, permeating uh, is, is uh, you know like when you take take some meat and you and and you. Uh, Put it into, you know, some really great sauce and you let it marinate over a period of time and it, it makes the meat taste better. It's more tender, more flavorful and, and just better overall. And that's what these permeating values do to us as they do the same thing. They marinate us. So we look more and more like Jesus. We sound more and more like Jesus. So that's, uh, that was a freebie, not even in my notes today. So, uh, so this is the third part of this series on the permeating values, and we're talking about wholehearted love of God, the very first one, uh, really the, the, the most important one, the foundation of all of them. You, you have to start there before the other ones work very well. And uh, uh, Pastors John and Sandy have both delivered tremendous messages about uh, what wholehearted love of God is. And uh, uh, they all went to uh, one of several scriptures, uh, Matthew 22, uh, Jesus said to, that, said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's the essence of it, you know, is loving God with our whole, whole heart. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for the freedom that we have here in this country to be able to gather in public and worship you like we just did and share your word and fellowship together. We thank you uh, for protecting that freedom here in our country that we'll always have that freedom. And uh, we don't we won't have to be like in other countries where we have to hide and, and fear for our lives uh, to, to worship you, Lord. Uh, so we appreciate that. We thank you that you are here in our midst, and uh, we invite you to uh, do your will today, uh, not ours. I, I invite you to utilize me as an empty vessel to speak through me, none of me, all of you here today. And I pray, Lord, that you would open the ears of everyone here to be able to hear exactly what you want to teach them, whether that comes out of my mouth or you speak it directly into their spirit, that lives would be changed today, that no one would leave the same as they entered. And uh, we look forward to the good work you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So... In this scripture, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, where it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart 
They're obviously, he's not talking about your blood pumping heart. He's talking about when, when the Bible references the heart, it's referencing the center of a person, uh, the essence of them, uh, all the parts put together. And so, in essence, what, what Jesus is saying here is that we're to love God with everything we have. Every ounce of everything we have. Every thought, every feeling, every emotion, every action uh, should be focused on loving God. Now, those of you who've been around a while and, and you know me, I know you're going to be totally shocked and, and surprised that I'm going to be talking about how to put this into action. <laughs> so people laugh, if you, if you haven't been around for a while, people laugh because they know I'm the how guy. I'm, I'm the guy that comes up and says how to do things. It's just, it's just the way I'm made up and, and uh, it, it's how the Lord has, has gifted me to teach. So I, I think, you know, maybe if you've been listening to the last two lessons, if you've been thinking about this, you, maybe you've got that question in your mind. So what does this look like in my life? You know, it's one thing to say wholehearted love of God, and we can even understand what it is, but how do we implement it into our life so that there's an action connected to it? And I'm really glad you asked that question because that's what I'm going to answer here today. So before I answer the question, though, we're, I'm going to, I'll, I'll hold you off here for a moment. I want to set a little bit more foundation. First John 4.19 teaches us that we love him because he loved us first. Yeah. Isn't that cool? He loved us when we were still his enemies. When, when we didn't even believe in him, uh, when, you know, I, I used to be like the apostle Paul, you know, I was the, I was the guy going around to all the Christians saying, you guys are stupid. I can't even believe you believe that stuff. That's just, those are myths. You know, that book, that's a fairy tale. You know, you're, you're in, you're in that church because it's a crutch that you need. You, you can't do it on your own. So, so you go to church. I mean, that was, that was me. You know, I've had to repent a lot for that. I had to go back to a few people that I talked to years ago and, and let them know, wow, I'm really sorry that I said those things. Yeah. So, so he loved us first. He loved us, you know, when we, we didn't love him and when we were living totally in the world. And it's interesting that because he loved us first, then we can love him. Because in our humanness, in our natural state, in our flesh, we can't love him. And we can't love each other. We can love in the worldly way, which is very fickle and totally dependent upon circumstances. And you know what I'm talking about, the, the worldly kind of love that, you know, if the person that you're with is acting the way that they should be, and doing the things that they should be doing, and treating you right, then you love them. But if they're not, you know, if they're not doing everything you want them to do, if they're not acting the way you want them to act, then you don't love them. And we see that in marriage so much. Uh, my wife Karen up front, we, she and I have, have counseled a lot of people, and and uh, that's, you know, one of the things we hear. Well, well, he did this, and he said that, and she did this, and she said that, and and you can just 
you can just see that their love is based on the circumstance, based on how they feel at the moment. And, it, and, and that's why you hear people say they fall in love and fall out of love. You know, because it's that worldly kind of love. So the only way we can love God, because the same thing happens with God, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, you know, there are times when we haven't loved God, even as Christians, because, you know, all of a sudden things weren't going all that great for us, and it just didn't seem like God was answering our prayers in exactly the way we wanted them answered, and He didn't seem like He was all that good at that particular moment, and so we don't, we don't love God, and that's that fickle nature of human love, of, of natural love. So, so we can't, we can't love. What we're talking about here, this wholehearted love of God is not natural love. It's not the way we can love naturally, but we can love that way because He loved us first. And if you're a believer, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. You have God living inside you. The Bible says that God is love. So you have love living inside you. So the choice we make every day is how are we going to live? Are we going to live by the flesh? Are we going to walk by the flesh? Are we going to walk by that natural way of loving? Or are we going to crucify that? Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, that you will pick up your cross daily. That means, that means put your flesh, your natural person up there on the cross and crucify it every single day so you can walk in the Spirit. So you can allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and to love through you. And that's how we can love God and that's how we can love other people. And otherwise, we're, we're not going to be able to do this. So I'm going to talk about two hows today. This is two ways that you can show that you love God every day. The first one is that we're, we need to put God first in our life. We need to put Him in the number one position. Uh, we were talking here some time ago about who's on the throne. Who, who's on your throne? You know, are you on your throne? Or is God on your throne? And that'll, that'll dictate whether you can love, whether you can have wholehearted love of God will be dictated by who's on the throne. God's on the throne, you can do it. It's easy. God's not on the throne, it, it's going to be tough. So, the other thing too is that there are times when we put other people and other things on the throne. So we can put our spouse on the throne. We can put our kids on the throne. We can put our job or our business on the throne. We can put our finances on the throne. We can put our entertainment on the throne. And those things become more important than God. In Exodus 20, verse 3, God gives us the first of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other, and this is little g, gods. Okay, you shall have no other gods before me. Now back then, they had idols. They had physical idols that were made out of wood and metal. And, and, and they would go and worship those. And we don't have that today as much. Not, not in the same way. But, and, and I, I wanna, I wanna, uh, prepare you, I guess, a little bit, uh, because, uh, some of the things I'm going to say today are going to step on some toes. 
And, and so if you don't want your toes stepped on, you just might lift them off the ground a little bit, hold them up there during the service today, and, and that way I won't step on them. I, I promise not to, you know, I don't have any like steel toes boots on or anything, so I'm not going to stomp on your toes or anything, but, but I'm definitely going to step on some toes here today. Because we can put some things on the throne. And, and uh, uh, one of the things we can put on the throne is football. It's football season. And I love football, but we can put that on the throne and we can make that more important than God. We can spend more time checking the stats, figuring out what our favorite players do, play, playing fantasy football. Uh, we, we could be talking with everybody about football and what's going on with our favorite teams instead of talking with them about God and what God's doing in our life. Instead of reading the Word of God, instead of praying. We, we can do those other things. You know, and it, it, it could be, it could be your work that you spend too much time with your work or with your business. It could be that you uh, devote too much time to your family, to your kids. And there's nothing wrong with these things inherently, but if we put them ahead of God, if they're number one in our life, even that particular day, then we're not wholeheartedly loving God. Because we haven't put God number one. So we have to make that decision every single moment of every day. Do we put God number one or do we put this other thing number one? Or maybe we just put ourselves as number one. Because in order to have wholehearted love of God, we've got to be God-centered, not self-centered. And so I want you to think a little bit about how your day went today, up till now. How much time did you think about yourself, your needs, your wants, your ways? How, how much did you think about God? Just, just this morning, so far. How much of your thoughts was about God and how much of it was about you? That'll tell you whether you're God-centered or whether you're self-centered. And, and I've got to, I'm going to be totally honest and transparent here this morning. Uh, this morning was a really difficult morning for me. Physically, uh, was difficult. Uh, I had a lot of pain this morning. Uh, we had just been on this leader's advance, sleeping, sleeping in these cabins that were nice, but, you know, sleeping in a different bed, eating different food, uh, lots of, lots of people. I am, I am, uh, a, a very severe introvert that, uh, has, has managed to try to get out and, you know, be amongst people. And so when I'm around a lot of people for a long period of time, you know, I just get like people overload. And so this morning was just like, man, the last thing I ever want to do is come do this. Yeah. And so just being honest and transparent here. And I had a lot of, lot of thoughts about myself. And I, and at one point in time, you know, I was kind of, talking talking to myself about stuff and and the lord sort of checked me and he said uh arad what are you preaching on today <laughs> remember that part i put in there about being self-centered wait 
You're doing it right now. <laughs> like, okay, Lord, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, and had to get myself refocused. And that's what we have to do. We have to refocus ourselves and get a, get ourselves God-centered. So we're thinking about God. We're thinking about things of, of God. We're, we're thinking about the Word of God. That's why it's so important to be studying the Word of God because if we don't, then we don't have that in us to, to bring back out. So, so that's number one. Uh, oh, the other, I, I wanted to give you a second test on this one too. So if, uh, so if Jesus showed up, let, let's say he shows up, you know, one of these days and, and, uh, and he, he comes and he, and he says, uh, hey, hey, Jim, you know, can I look at your calendar and just see how you're spending your time? You know, uh, and, and he, and he comes and he looks at our schedule or our calendar to see how much time are we spending on things focused on him and how many, how much time are we spending on things focused on us? And if he looked at our calendar, if he looked at your calendar, looked at your schedule, would he feel loved? You don't have to answer it. Just think, think about that. And what can we do to change that? How can we change our schedule? All right, number two, this is the longer one. So I'm going to have to speed through this one. Uh, the second way that we love God is we obey his commandments. Now, I want to, I want to set something straight right away. We're not talking it, as I go through this, I'm not talking about salvation here. We're, we're not saved by our works. We're not saved by obeying the law, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, that type of thing. We're saved by grace. We're saved by receiving Jesus as our Savior. He died on the cross, so we didn't have to live by the law. We didn't have to be saved by the law. But God does expect us to try to live that way. So he does expect us not not to be saved, not to go to heaven, but to live our life in that way. And uh, we see that in John fourteen twenty one, where uh, Jesus says, He who has my commandments, and that's a capital, capital M, and keeps them is he who loves me. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. 1 John 5, 3 says it this way, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Yeah. You know, when we're having to live by His commandments for salvation, they're burdensome. We can't do it. That's why He sent Jesus, because He knew that we couldn't do it. So, but when we are, when we are living His commandments in the Spirit, because we have the Holy Spirit in us guiding us, it's not burdensome. Jesus said that his burden is light. And we can live in that, we can walk in that every single day. So the Ten Commandments are in Exodus 21 through 7. You probably know most of them, but I would go back and maybe refer to those again. Uh, but the cool thing is, is that Jesus, uh, at, at one point in time, he, he broke them down into two commandments. So, you know, he I guess he knew he knew some of us are a little bit hard-headed, a little bit, a little bit, you know, uh, don't get stuff quite as quick. And, and so he, he took the 10 <laughs> down to two <laughs> and, and made it real easy for us. You know, he told us to, to love God with everything we had and to love other people. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we got to do. Love God, love other people. And we can't, 
love other people till we love God. <laughs> so, so if we love God with everything we've got, the loving people becomes really easy. It's not, it's not burdensome at all. So, you know, this means that we love God first and then we love the people no matter what. We, we love the people that ruffle our feathers the wrong way. We ruffle the, the coworker that, boy, we just have a hard time with, or that boss, or, you know, what, whatever, the, the family member. Uh, we, uh, we love, we love the, the members of that other political party, whichever one that is. We love the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. We love everybody. And because Jesus told us to. He told us to love our enemies. So we love everyone, not in our natural way, because we can't do that, but because God is loving through us. And we're allowing Him to love through us. Alright, so let's, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, uh, move on here. Uh, so the first thing is we've gotta put God number one. We've gotta make sure that He's number one. The second is that we've gotta follow his commandments. He just gave us the two commandments. Love God. Love other people. But he had some other commandments that he gave. In uh, Mark 16, 15, he said, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, 15. And we're going to get into this one a lot more when we get down to number four, owning the mission. Uh, but I want to hit it because it, when Jesus gives us a commandment we just read, that if we obey the commandments, if we do what he says, then he feels loved and the father feels loved. So, so that's how we love. So, uh, sometime back I, I taught on, uh, that, you know, when we see that word preach, I think sometimes we, we say, oh, well, no, I'm not a preacher. I mean, I don't stand up there like this and preach. But the reality is, is when you study that word, what I'm doing right now is not preaching. What I'm doing right now is teaching. So it's designed to equip all of you to go and preach the gospel. And what does that mean? That means to go and share your testimony. That means to go and share what Jesus did for you. That means to go and, and let them know, this is what I was like before Christ, and this is what I'm like after Christ. And when we, when we share what we were like before and what we're like after, people can relate to that. Because their lives are very similar. So for me, before Christ, uh, I was an angry, self-centered, porn-addicted man who was struggling in life. And after Jesus, I'm not perfect, still on my way, but he's gotten rid of almost all of that stuff that Anger, still, that one's still, that's a tough one. That's a hard one to, to break. Every once in a while, that one comes up and goes, yeah, I want to get angry. No, no can't do that, can't do that. <laughs> Down, crucify that flesh. <laughs> so, I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your testimony is. But you've all got one. You've all got a before Christ, a BC story, and an after Christ, an AC story. And you can go and you can tell people about that. And then if they start to show some interest, you can tell them a little bit more about Jesus and how great He is and how much He loves them. And you can lead them, lead them to the Lord. You, you don't have to, you don't have to bring them to church 
so that hoping that maybe one of the pastors will lead them to the Lord. That's not our job. Our job is to equip the body of Christ so that you can go preach the gospel and lead people to the Lord. So, so you should be out every week leading people to Jesus by telling your testimony and then bringing them here to celebrate, to have a great time and to connect with the body of Christ. So we're to go out and preach, preach the gospel. All right, then uh, then the second thing that he commanded us to do, you find in Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty, and that uh, that says uh, he says therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth, so, or very end of the time. So. So he, we don't have to do this alone. Jesus is with us. Always. He said he would never leave us or forsake us. So he's with us always. He's walking. Thank you. So, so he's, he's with us always. And he will walk along and he will speak through us. And he will, he will, uh, tell, he'll show us where to go, who to talk to, if we're just kind of in tune to him, and we are wholeheartedly loving him through the action, through the things that we do. So, so the first thing we said was preach the gospel. We preach the gospel through our testimony. Now someone's interested in Jesus. We share a little bit about Jesus. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. Don't, you don't have to go back to Bible college or go to seminary. You can, you can just share what you know about Jesus because it's more than they know about Jesus. So we, we heard years ago that to lead other people, you only have to be one step ahead of them. <laughs> okay? so, so if you know a little bit about Jesus, you know more than they do, so you're good to go. So you share what you know about Jesus, and, and then you get them here. You, you bring them here so that they can learn more, so they can connect within our life groups. We, Pastor John talked about we've got great life groups, and uh, we're hosting one, God's America. Uh, Gail, Roy, Gail, raise your hand back there in the blue. So Gail, Gail and his wife Don are going to be doing the teaching. Uh, we're really excited about that. They, they've spent a lot of years studying uh, the history of America and and uh, so we're going to get the truth. We're going to get the truth about how America was founded. So we're excited about that Tuesday, Tuesday night starting this coming Tuesday. See, it works. I have the mic this time. So. <laughs> All right. So, so we're discipling. So we're, we're, we, don't, we don't go share our testimony and, and get them interested in Jesus and then just leave them. We, we bring them along. We walk through life with them. You know, we get them connected here in the body of Christ. We get them in a life group. Uh, we help them get baptized. We, we do baptism every other month. So we'll have baptism in October. Water baptism, full immersion, water baptism, just like they did in the Bible, in the holy hot tub. So, uh, yeah. So we, uh, but you know what? You don't have to wait for that. You don't have to wait for that because Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And then what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So 
you have been given that kind of authority where when when you've got someone who gets saved, who receives Jesus as their Savior, and you've got the opportunity, like the Ethiopian eunuch who was there with Philip, and and he gets saved, and then they see some water, and he says, whoa, whoa, can't I just be baptized right now? And Philip goes, sure, why not? And they go down and baptize him, whatever, that, whatever the water was. You know, we don't even know what it was. Uh, but he baptized him right there. If you've got a pool, or you're at a lake, or you're at the ocean, get them baptized. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to, you don't have to wait for these things. You've been given authority to do that. Jesus got the authority and he passed it on to his disciples. And he's talking about it right here in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Make sure that if they don't have a Bible, get them a Bible. You know, a lot of people don't have Bibles or they've got that old King James Bible that's all dusty and nobody's ever read it because hardly anybody can read it. And so, so get, them a, get them a Bible they can understand. Get them an NIV. Get them a New Living Translation. And if you can afford to go get them a Bible, get them one. That'll mean a lot to them. If you can't, we have Bibles here. There are Bibles always right up in these stands right here that if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible... Come let us know. We'll get you a Bible. But you help them. And then, and then don't just get them a Bible, but walk through the Bible with them. Start to study it with them so that they can understand the Bible. So get them active. That's the key, is walk through life with them. Next, Jesus said that we're to serve. Matthew 20, 26 through 28 says, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And he goes on in 28 and says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a, te- as a ransom for many. So, so Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, one of, the, one of the Godhead, came to earth not to be served. King of kings, Lord of lords, but he didn't come to be served, he came to serve. And we see all kinds of examples of, of how he served. So, Obviously, we're supposed to do the same thing as his disciples, we're his followers, we're his students. We need to learn from him, see what he does, and then go do what, what he did. We have all kinds of opportunities here at AZV where you can serve. You can, you can serve in, as a greeter, hospitality, children's ministry, the audiovisual team uh, back there, worship team. Uh, only join the worship team if you can sing or play an instrument, though, okay? Women's ministry, men's ministry, and then we can serve outside of AZV. Uh, there are homeless shelters. There are food pantries out there, uh, food banks. Uh, we, could, uh, we could transport the elderly, take them shopping. We could get them to medical appointments and things like that. We could go and, and uh, clean their house or mow their lawn or, or maybe a single mom in your neighborhood who's got some kids and you know, she's never able to get out or, and go do anything. You know, go volunteer to babysit the kids, you know, for a few hours so she could go do something. You know, or maybe it's a single father the same way. We've got a lot of those out there these days as well. But there are all kinds of ways that you could serve out in our community if you just open your heart to it and open your eyes and open your ears. And lastly, Jesus uh, said that we are to be givers. And when we give of our time, our talent, and our money, then we're showing God that we love him. 
And that, so that includes on the giving side, that includes our tithing, and it includes our giving. So our tithing being the first 10% of what we earn, and then our giving above that. It includes going out and serving, and using our time, and using our talents. Uh, if you have specific kinds of talents that, are, that, are, that would be good for us to know about, let us know. You know, for instance, in the, in the Bible, there were, there were people that were anointed as craftsmen. So God had, had, had created them to be craftsmen to make things for the, the temple. And, and it talks about them with the same kind of anointing as anybody who's out preaching the word. Uh, the other thing is there are some that are really anointed to be givers, we're all to be givers, but there are some people who are really anointed to be givers. They really have a heart to give. And, and so, so they're going to excel in that. But all of us, all of us need to excel in our giving. And so again, much like the calendar or the schedule, if Jesus showed up and said, uh, hey, you know, I'd like to look at your bank account. If he looked at your bank account, would he feel loved? Would he look in there and would he see, you know, your tithe in there? Would he see your giving? Uh, would he see money that maybe you've given to a family that was in need? Uh, would he find money that you've uh, sent to a missionary so that they can go do the work that they're, they're doing? Uh, it, it's interesting that <clears throat> I was just listening to a teaching uh, in the last couple of days and, and uh, uh, they talked about that, that there's an equal, equal reward for those who give <clears throat> and, and those who go do. So when you give to a missionary and they go out and see a bunch of people saved, you get the same reward in heaven. And uh, there's, a, there's a scripture where David, they, they went off to war and some stayed with all the equipment and the, and the you know, other, other people and the warriors went out, won the battle, got the spoils, brought the spoils back, and David said, we're going to divide it up equally. And some of them said, well, whoa, wait a minute a second. We went off to war. We risked our lives. Those other guys just stayed back there and did nothing. We just waited. And David said, no, no, it's all valuable. Everybody gets exactly the same reward. And, and so it's the same when we give. So, so we, want to give, we want to give of our money, our time, our talents. Uh, we want to make sure that, that we are obeying all the commands of Jesus, because when we do that, then we're showing him love. So we preach the gospel, we make disciples, we serve, and we give. And that's how we wholeheartedly love God in our everyday life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you loved us first. We thank you that before we even thought about loving you, that you loved us, that you loved us uh, before the world was even created. You saw all of history in front of you, and, and you loved us. You, you saw each one of us there in our lives, and you loved us, even, even when we didn't act right, even when we didn't make good decisions, uh, even when we spoke against you, you still loved us. And so, Lord, we thank you that through your word, you teach us what it means to wholeheartedly love you and what we do on a daily basis to show you that we love you. And I pray for each person here, 
I pray, first of all, that no one would feel condemned by anything that was said today. That condemnation always comes from the enemy and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And so I pray that no one would feel condemned or like they aren't doing enough. But I pray that everyone would feel convicted to do whatever they can, whatever you lead them to do, whatever you show them to do, that they would be willing and bold to go and, and do those things. And, and Lord, I pray protection over the seeds that were planted here today, that the enemy will not be able to steal those away. When, when everybody walks out back out there into the world, that those seeds will be planted into good ground, they'll germinate and they'll turn into a, a great crop of love towards other people, love towards you, love towards other people, and a life of serving and giving and obeying. And so we thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com. 